Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, everyone. Thank you for being with us on First and Pod. You know the drill by now. Every game, every team, every week. I am Danny Parkins. I do afternoons here in Chicago. I cover and root for the Bears. He is Andrew Filipponi. He covers and roots for the Pittsburgh Steelers, does afternoons in Pittsburgh. So we've had a rough football day. So full disclosure, we are coming to you at halftime of Sunday Night Football, where the Cowboys are on top of the Giants, 26-0, because we've had a rough football day, Pony. We will get to our teams in a bit. We will start with Sunday Night Football. But normally we do not do this, so if there's a devastating injury or something crazy happens in the second half, we'll have to get to it on Thursday's pod. But we are uh, nine and a half hours of football is enough for us today. Yeah, I'm ready for bed. I'm ready to pretend like this day never happened. Okay. Coaches like to, after an awful, shitty game, bury the tape. That's me. I don't want to relive this day ever again. And so I was in the mood to start this early. If something freakish happens in the rest of the game, we have an amazing producer, Spencer, who will edit that out and make sure we still sound good. And you'll never know what happened with this. But I think we're safe going right now. It's 26-0. And the big takeaway for me with this game is uh, week one of Mike McCarthy as not only the head coach but the offensive play caller – is going to look a lot better on the scoreboard than it is in the box score, which is not to say McCarthy was bad or anything. But this 26 to nothing game that we've watched for 30 minutes is because of some of the flukiest plays I've ever seen. A blocked field goal that gets returned for a touchdown. And then Saquon Barkley bobbled the ball and basically pitched it to a cowboy for a touchdown. At the time of this taping, Dak Prescott has 91 passing yards. Tony Pollard has 17 rushing yards. And CeeDee Lamb has one catch. And the Cowboys are up 26 to nothing. I will say that the statement that I think that Dallas made is their pass rush is still absolutely as good as I mean, dude, they had two interceptions and four sacks in the first half. Daniel Jones was running for his life. And Dak Prescott, if they were playing outdoors in mud, his jersey would still be clean. Like, it was just one quarterback was under duress constantly. The other was not. I saw they put up the graphic. First team ever in an opener to have an offensive touchdown, defensive touchdown, and special teams touchdown in the first half of an opener. Like, this was a perfect storm uh, against the Giants and for the Cowboys. Like, I agree with you. It's probably not quite this lopsided. But the thing that I do think would transfer is I think they could play this game eight quarters, 12 quarters, or 122 quarters. And Daniel Jones would have a real problem with the Cowboys front. 
and it doesn't look like Dallas would have much problem with the Giants. I don't think the Giants fixed their offensive problems, and they were pro- there were problems. They made the playoffs. They won, they won in Minnesota, but their weaponry, I'm not a Darren Waller fan. I didn't like that move being their one big splash move. Jalen Hyatt, they picked late in the draft from Tennessee, who was in that gimmicky offense there and just ran deep and caught the ball in a very easy system to put up numbers and put up points. Um, Daniel Jones is not going to be Josh Allen. Okay, so this evolution of Daniel Jones, where the next step for him is to start looking like Josh Allen in the Brian Dable offense, it ain't happening. Uh, They don't have the wide receivers for it. There's no Stephon Diggs. Barkley, I think all year it's going to be in his head trying to get the next contract that he didn't get from the Giants and just taking that compromise deal. So I think it's going to be uh, a tough season for the Giants. I expect them to lose double-digit games, and I think the horseshoe they had up their ass last year has disappeared. What's next week for them? Arizona. Well, that helps. Yeah. That's that a get-right game. Yeah, that's a, that's a get-right game uh, for them. They'll be an interesting team to evaluate, like with the extreme bad and then presumably the extreme good uh, on the other side. But a lot of people are going to be crowing about their Cowboys Super Bowl pick or Cowboys to win the NFC pick uh, out of this game in the first half. But I agree, this one felt like kind of just an avalanche uh, that got out of hand very quickly. All right, so let's get to our games. Do we have to? I think so. I think this is why the people are tuning in, Pony. I think this is why the downloads are up. Um, All right, so I'm going to do this because I'm your friend and I love you. Prediction, Steelers 24, 49ers 14. Steelers have better quarterback. Brock Purdy can't throw it deep. Elbow not ready. We'll see Sam Darnold at some point. Steelers will get after him. Kenny Pickett and Pickens will connect for two touchdowns. Jalen Warren will make a big play. That was your prediction for Steelers Niners. And a great advertisement to purchase Twitter Blue because then you can go back and edit those tweets and change the prediction to one that's right and everything that came with it. Maybe I should have just deleted it. Uh, but, you know, the internet is undefeated and somebody would have just screenshotted it and sent it to old to old takes exposed and freezing cold takes or whatever anyways. I mean, I was not going to escape that one. Um, but I barely have a sense of humor about this. I mean, it was that bad. My my father was watching the game down in Atlanta, bits and pieces of it, and didn't catch the whole game and texted me and said, you know, what happened here? Was this 49ers being great or was this Steelers being awful? And honestly, I think it's more about the Steelers being bad. I I really think it was more about how pitiful they were in this game across the board. I mean, Pickett was terrible. Uh, I'm never going to get hoodwinked into preseason performance ever again. It doesn't mean shit. If anything, I think Tomlin, as a great coach, in air quotes, maybe gave his team a false sense of security, that they were better than they really were because they were feasting against third string Atlanta Falcons and backup Tampa Bay Buccaneers in two of those three games and thought, oh, we're really good. He did something so unusual. This might sound like a little thing, but they won the toss and he said, give me the ball. He did not defer. He thought his offense was going to do what it did in the preseason and just shove it right up San Francisco's number one defense rear end. It did not. Uh, The offensive coaching, this is what scares me about the Steelers long-term, even though I will remain on the picket bandwagon. Um, the offensive coaching is just not, it's not major league. You see what San Francisco does to get guys wide open. This offense doesn't do that. George Pickens is visibly frustrated on the bench because he's not getting targeted and he's their best receiver. He takes a taunting penalty. Then he basically tells reporters to F off after the game. Cam Hayward gets hurt, doesn't play the second half. They get run on first play of the second, second play of the second half is a 65-yard touchdown run. Uh, Deontay Johnson blows out his hamstring. I mean, it was just a Murphy's Law game. Steelers fans sold their tickets to 49ers fans, which was just shameful. Everything about the game sucked, Danny. I tried to tell you about the preseason, man. I tried to tell you. It doesn't mean anything. Peyton Manning would go winless and then win the Super Bowl. And I know no one likes the guy who says, I told you so, but I just love saying, I told you so. 
so much. Well, I've got you some I told you so is later in the show. So I know. I know. And then it's not fun. And then it's not fun when you're eating the crow. I understand. <laughs> Ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. I know you'll have the gun but later. But look, I mean, the thing about you love San Francisco in this game, so you're allowed to take a victory lap. You were all over them. I don't think you said 30 to 7. No, you I didn't. very confident in them winning this game that had a very low spread because there was so much hype around the Steelers. Um, I, just, I thought I thought it got out of hand in both directions. I, I thought that the Niners hate, which we had done a ton of because of mishandling the Purdy situation, and then the Steelers love because of the perfect pass rating in the preseason, distorted the fact that one of these teams is an unquestioned top five team in the NFL, and the other is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this, the Niners minus less than three is a good bet against damn near anybody certainly against the team as unproven as Pittsburgh offensively. I'm just amazed by how good of a coach Shanahan is in game as an offensive play caller and schemer. They have defensive coordinators come and go. Their inside linebackers, Greenlaw and Werner are amazing, tremendous players. Their third and fifth round picks respectively. They revamped their secondary. All those guys played well. I mean, I'm just so, like, I'm supposed to be in a position where 99% of the league says, oh, the Steelers have a great coaching staff. And I'm watching what the 49ers have, and I'm jealous of the way they're coached. I mean, Purdy, Danny, this stat blew my mind, and I, I, I didn't mention it on Thursday, or maybe I did, I don't remember. The 49ers have led the NFL in yards after the catch for five straight seasons. That's ridiculous. I, I mean, that's just like... I know that Debo Samuel, this, and they just had McCaffrey for half a season. Like, how is that possible? They get guys so wide open. There's always space. I give Purdy credit. Like, he knows where to put the ball. He 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 is a well. Some of those throws were pretty incredible, man. Like he made he made a really good play getting away from Minka on a safety blitz and and found Ayuk. The second touchdown pass to Ayuk was a dime. That was an ama- that was the one I wanted to br- that was the one I wanted to bring up. That like, that was a very very high level play. Like that, I, that made me say Purdy, Purdy's going to get some love and he's going to deserve it. I just don't understand why the Steelers didn't pretty much bring their safeties down to the line of scrimmage, have their corners jam their receivers, and just say, "Throw it behind us." You know, you've got this elbow where Jeff Darlington said pregame. They weren't sure he could throw the ball accurately more than 15 or 20 yards. Test him, and they really didn't the entire game. So maybe a better coach team will do that next week. Rough tackling on that McCaffrey run, by Yeah, the way. and the Steelers' defense is supposed to be elite, and other than T.J. Watt, it very much was not today. Okay, Danny, I'm going to flip it. <laughs> I told you on Thursday, I thought the Bears were under the most pressure to win in week one because – you dealt with Favre, you dealt with Rodgers, and this was supposed to be the game where maybe for the first time in 25 years, the shoe was on the other foot, and it was not. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it was sickening <laughs> i mean like, like, like honestly i shouldn't laugh because i love the bears this season too so i'm in the same i'm in the it's same, not the same. With you. it's not the same I, I was being mocked via text by family and friends and colleagues. Well, we had that in common today, so I can't <laughs> empathize with you there. It was a very unpleasant experience. Like I, Congratulations to Jordan Love. He played well. He played basically perfect football on third and fourth down. But the Bears did nothing. They weren't even close enough to blow him a kiss. He wouldn't know what any single defensive lineman on the Bears' breath smelled like at any point in the game. They Their defense was utterly pathetic in terms of rushing the passer. And then when there would be a broken play, they'd snap the ball to Jordan Love. He would drop it. Then he would pick it up, almost drop it again. And Hargrave, their rookie tight end, has no one within 15 yards of him mm-hmm. in busted coverage all the way down the field and loves, lobs it up in the air. Hargrave, backpedaling, falls down and still makes the catch. I think it's, it's Musgrave, by the way. I think Musgrave. you're so yeah. – I think yeah. you're so Musgrave. right now. Musgrave, whatever. You're getting names wrong. My point is this. The Packers made four mistakes – on a play in which they gained like 50 yards. Yeah. That was how the game went. And then, but the most frustrating thing of all of it, having a defensive head coach who can't coach up a defense that used three of their four, uh, three of their top four draft picks this year on defensive players, two big free agent signings at linebacker, including TJ Edwards, who blew a coverage on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went untouched 50 yards for a touchdown on a play where he pulled his hamstring and TJ Edwards supposed to be a coverage linebacker still couldn't even touch a running back got out played by him despite all that stuff and fields holding onto the ball too long. I've lived through Aaron Cromer and Matt Nagy and Gary Croton and Dow Loggins and some terrible, terrible Matt Canada esque to Pittsburgh guys. This for you offensive game plans and play calling. What? in the ever-loving bleep are they doing with Justin Fields where he throws the ball 37 times and three of them travel more than 10 yards in the air? Three of them. Like, it, and then he's at, Fields is asked about it after the game, and he says, oh, yeah, that was the game plan. The lateral passes was the game plan. We just didn't block it up. DJ Moore had two targets when the game mattered. They were down 24 to six and he had two targets. What is the point of having the most gifted athlete in the sport at quarterback with a massive arm and a number one receiver who you trade the first overall pick for to skip on a quarterback if you're not going to throw the damn ball down the field? And then when he threw the ball down the field, they score a touchdown. 
<laughs> to Darnell Mooney. It was just, it was I, no design runs. Every run that he had was a tuck and run. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I just, it was so cowardly. It was coaching malpractice. Yeah, and that's one of those situations, Danny, where I think you got to get to the bottom of, is that Luke Getze or is that Matt Eberflus? Is that Eberflus telling Luke Getze, this is what we're going to do? Or is that the offensive coordinator who I actually like and have a lot of respect for, as a matter of fact? Is that just him on his own coming up with, to me, what is the worst? It's it, it it's it's the It's the third bowl of porridge that it's trying to like find that middle ground. And in the process, you actually F the whole thing up. If I'm, if I'm either going to let Justin Fields, I'm going to unleash him and let him do his thing and live with the, and and take the bad with the big explosive plays or, or I'm just pretty much going to design Baltimore's old offense with Lamar Jackson and say, all right, let's put our three running backs in the backfield with you or whatever, and just try to play that way. And maybe he has 10 to 15 designed runs per game. Because I don't think people can stop that, by the way. It might get him killed. But I don't think defenses can stop him playing that way. And to your point, when you completely take that out of the offense, you know how much easier that makes it for the other team? I mean, you're right. What a joke. Like, I understand you want to protect Three of 37 pass attempts traveled more than 10 yards in the air, dude. I I, I understand. Like, that shows that they're, they're, to me, they don't have confidence in him to make those plays downfield. But I, I'm almost more alarmed by the fact that there were no design runs today. because it was that's insane. Ta- because that's taking what we know to be his greatest strength as a player and not utilizing it whatsoever. Horrendous. It, 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 was, it was truly humiliating. Luke Getzey should be humiliated. He should honestly be embarrassed. I couldn't stand it. All right. Let's get to... Probably the the game of the day. I can remove probably. This is the game of the day. Chargers-Dolphins. We set it. Playoff seating. Tiebreakers on the line. Two teams with big dreams, big offenses. Two-part question. Did it feel like a playoff game? And was Miami the most impressive team of the day? Okay. uh, Yes, it did. Because I felt like for tiebreaker reasons, if these are second place teams, there's only three playoff spots, three wild cards, and they could finish with the same record in one team's in and one team's out. So absolutely, it went to the road team. So I think it's doubly uh, important now. LA wants to win its home games. Miami might've looked at this as a bonus game. They got it. So yeah, I mean, just very, very impactful win for them. Um what else did you ask? Did it feel like a playoff game? And what was the other thing? Oh, so that, that was the playoff game. And then was Miami the most impressive team of the day? Well, their offense certainly was. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously all the questions with Tua. And then we got the news that the left tackle Armstead wasn't going to play in this game. And I think when I saw that, oh, crap, here we go again. He gets hit enough times. He's screwed. Is that going to be in his own head? Now, it's not the same because it's not a blindside protector because he's a left-handed quarterback, but still, that's a really good offensive lineman who's out. And they were so bad in L.A. last year. That was one of those games late in the year where you were like, Tua has reverted back to being just a mundane, run-of-the-mill quarterback. To have this game plan, to utilize Hill, who is an absolute stud. Hey, Kansas City won a Super Bowl last year. But I do think it's possible that they still regret that move. I don't think that that's because they're not they're not playing this for two Super Bowls. They're playing this to be like the greatest football team or dynasty of all time. They could regret that move. I mean, that's not out of the question, Danny. I wouldn't say that they've won that trade yet just because they have one Super Bowl. <laughs> well. Right? Well, I mean, they want they they want a Super Bowl without him, and they were gonna they were gonna have to pay him, and they allocated reallocated. Well, if the Forty Niners win the Super Bowl this year, that doesn't mean they won the Trey Lance deal because it paved the way for Brock Purdy. No, it doesn't, but it it makes it it makes it more palpable. It's like the Cubs won the World Series with Jason Hayward's terrible contract, but he gave a great speech in Game Seven during the rain delay. 
So does that make the entire contract worth it? I mean, yeah, they won the World Series. You know, the, the, the goal is the Super Bowl. So I don't think the Chiefs are terribly frustrated about that. because And now they get, they're supposed to sign Chris Jones, but that's a, that derails the point. Tyreek Hill might be the best offensive player in football. Like, And so tell me again why Kansas City had to get rid of him. I mean, they were going to pay him, and they didn't think that he was going to keep doing this at this level, and they felt like they needed to use their assets and their resources on the defensive side of the ball. Like, Chris Jones wouldn't be a chief if they had paid Tyreek Hill. Now, okay. he's, not play- he's not playing for them right now. Who would but- you rather have? Uh, Tyreek Hill. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And the Chiefs defense looked pretty damn good without Chris Jones. But, and I'm obviously I'm talking about non- non-quarterback offensive players. That game was awesome, man. That game was just incredible. Football. Well, America got screwed today. They made a decision at CBS to play up the Tom Brady angle. Yeah. And had this Tracy Wolfson interview. And uh, the Philly put, put the Romo and Nance on that game. The, the, everyone could tell that the Dolphins and Chargers was going to be the best game of the day. Okay, do you agree with me on that? I mean, it was it was it, and it it was amazing theater and like all the other teams got buried like, today. I know, but all the other teams too struggling offensively, like the the unders, the ugly first halves, dude. They looked like they they, they looked like this game was being played in November. You know what I mean? Like they, they just no rust. Well, right. you say it looked like it was played in November. It did by one quarterback. I mean, two, uh, two almost had 500 passing yards. Look up Herbert. I watched a lot of this game. No, I know. The story for the Chargers was how they ran the ball. You know, Herbert, Herbert threw a couple of bombs in there, but it was really more about what Eckler did, what Kelly did. Keenan Allen looked pretty fresh, man. Yeah, I, I I get that, but it was not it was not a touchdown for touchdown game and pass and big passing play to big passing play game between the two. Thirty four points. If you didn't know any better, you would think that Herbert had like three touchdowns and three fifty in this game. He did not. No, the Chargers ran it in three times though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he had, he had what two hundred and thirty three passing yards or something like that. Yeah, I think two twenty eight. I think. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, no. No question about it. And to a Tua was remarkable, and I can't wait for Bills Jets so that we can overreact Week One for the entire AFC East. But you do owe Tua an apology, and I'm going to count that as one from yeah. what I just heard. Yeah, there. yeah, I, I, he's great. He's great. I don't know what else you want from me. I've been wrong a lot already, buddy. We got, uh, we yeah. got nine games to go, buddy. I'm going to be okay. wrong. More, okay, let's keep going here. Uh, the next game you gave me, because you set the rundown for this, is Cincy Cleveland. WTF was that Joe Burrow? Okay, so the reason that I wanted to lump these games together, these are all AFC teams that think they're going to the playoffs, or at least three of the four do, with Cincy, Miami, and LA. And Tua looks the best by far. The Chargers look like they're ready to put up a fight with anybody. Burrow coming fresh off the contract goes 14 of 31 for 82 passing yards. They didn't have a first down. Like I, I tuned into that game like midway through the second quarter when I saw what the score was, they didn't have a first down. Like it was, it was just, it didn't make any sense what had happened there. Like I assume I'm going to give them the benefit of three years of high-level offensive football. Jamar Chase, after the game, said we were beaten by elves today. Like, I assume he will have an absolutely massive game next week against Baltimore, who he often torches. Like, I'm assuming this is the, we didn't play in the preseason, we are rusty, this was the like the old fourth preseason game, and they will be fine. But that's an all-time week one dud in a division game from a guy who just signed a record-setting contract, man. That that was the most surprising individual outcome of any team today by far for me. Yeah, I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of the Bengals uh acting like this result. Like there's nothing to see here just because we started 0-2 last year. You know, we've earned the benefit of the doubt. Everybody shut up and back off. I don't like that. You know, I thought for sure Burrow having gotten all that money 
and having such a piss poor record against Cleveland would have wanted to go in there and show them like he's such, he's a guy that plays with such a chip on his shoulder and is such a cocky son of a bitch that I thought he was going to look to score, hang 40 on the Browns, new defensive coordinator, my, my star wide receiver, my college buddies talking smack before the game. Let's go in there, back it up and just really embarrass this team. They think that they're good. They finished in last place last year. Yeah, right. Now, I don't like how cavalier they are about these early season losses, especially this one, Danny, where to your point, they were non-competitive in this game. And Deshaun Watson wasn't very good either. He had a couple of throws, like when I would be, when I would see it, that looked great, like threaded out route throws or whatever. But his interception, did you see it? Yeah, it was one of the worst. That might have been the worst one of the day, and I watched a lot of bad passes. I think that might have taken the kick. What the hell was he doing? Like, I well, don't know. Their offense, their offense. I watched that play four Nick times. Chuck. I was like, the, the ball has to have been tipped. That th- that throw made absolutely no sense. That you know that this is going to be the question with them this year. They spent all that money on Watson. The defense was so good. You can uh, your quarterback has to make plays in the NFL. It's not 1997, but Chubb is their best offensive player by far. And they and they need they need to game plan and get him the ball accordingly. And they did for the most part today. Yeah, I mean Chubb was great. Yeah. He had over 100 yards rushing. He had four catches. What I mean, what, you know, what more do you want? No, I'm just saying it's a reminder that Deshaun it should not be the Deshaun Watson show in Cleveland and like like they did at times late last year trying to make him look good should not trump what is best for the team. Chubb might be the best running back in football. He is. Yeah, he's he's awesome. All right. So I know Eagles fans might be a little disappointed with how I framed this game. Patriots-Eagles. Is Mac Jones all of a sudden good? No. I think that you've set the bar so low for him that some of the plays that were made to make it a more competitive affair in the second half uh, is going to make you lean in that direction. Still overall... We're talking about an interception return for a touchdown. Yep. A bunch of three and outs in the first quarter. They get down big in the second half. You've got in the fourth quarter, he's got he's taken a delay a game penalty before a fourth down uh in Eagles territory after the Hurts fumble. The fourth down play that ended the game. He's a tick late on the throw to the guy, so he can't get a second foot in bounds. I mean, he threw what three touchdown passes, so his stat line looks good, and it was clearly much better than it was last year with uh, Patricia and Judge, and it was against a pretty good defense, albeit with a new defensive coordinator and some new guys being worked in there. Um, so progress, I guess, but if I'm a Patriots fan, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not coming out of this game thinking Mac Jones is back to the guy he was his rookie year and ready to take a big jump this season. I was just, I was very intrigued by it because I I would answer the question pretty similarly to how you did. And I know part of this was game script, right? The Eagles defense got on them early. Uh, There was the turnover. They got out big, out to a big lead. It looked like it was going to be a route. 54 pass attempts for Mac Jones. 54 pass attempts. That's just something that we would never think of that Bill Belichick would allow a guy like with that caliber of talent to do. And then, yeah, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, pass a rating of 91. They lost the fumble. They threw the pick, like you mentioned. And again, they were down big early. Uh, Patriots defense got after Jalen Hurts, had seven sacks. Uh Jalen Carter looked amazing. He had six pressures, by the way, six pressures, according to Next Gen Stats, in his debut. So he looked absolutely incredible. But Matt Jones had 10 straight completions at one point, including a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I like saw he, that. In, in the middle of the game, he really did play well. He he got he clearly got into a rhythm and was and was feeling himself. And so I don't I don't know about like he is good, but 
I was impressed because we would have come into this year saying that the Eagles had a top 10 defense in the NFL for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and so like to do that, trail big, become one dimensional, have a good defense tee off on you. And to get into a rhythm like that, I would have never thought that Mac Jones I, could have made that a game in the fourth quarter. I, I agree. But the thing that I'll I'll say about it is when you have a first round quarterback who is in his third year and it's a home game and the other team gives you multiple opportunities with the ball to win the game and you fail to do so, we're, we're grading on a serious curve to give a quarterback oh, yeah. credit yes. in a loss. Yes. For that. Oh, no, of course, man. But we also just said in the preview pod for this, like, he still has no weapons. Who's he going to throw to? How's he going to score points against that defense? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, the whole thing is graded on a curve. Well, and mm-hmm. yeah, but we're, t- we're talking about the Patriots, a team that's won six Super Bowls this century, which is hilarious. That now they're looked at as such a uh, middling team that a moral victory is good enough. At Every home. time I put that game on with sound, I was disgusted. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady, this and ugh, shut up. He's running around on the field. He's in the box with Kraft. Okay, so I'm I'm confused by your next question. Okay. For this is for Raiders and 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 Broncos. Yes. Did sir. Sean Payton fix Russ? Yeah. Russell Wilson had 56 passing yards in the second half. Yeah. They scored 16 points. Yeah. It's the same as last year. Their defense gives up 17 or fewer, and they still find a way to lose the game. And your question is: Did the coach fix a quarterback in a game where they scored 16 points? Pony, 27 of 34, passer rating of 108, two touchdowns, no picks, and he was running around, directing traffic, throwing the ball. They got a bunch of injured receivers in Denver. They played one of the worst defenses in the NFL who just had a guy go AWOL and basically lose his mind. Hopefully everything works out well with Chandler Jones. It's a really messed up situation, but like, this is one of the maybe the five worst defenses in the entire NFL, Danny. 16 points? Was Russell Wilson better or worse than you thought he was going to be today? Uh, n- Probably a little bit better because he didn't throw an interception. But I mean, he the was bottom, moving. The bottom, it's, it's the same old song. It's 16 points. Russell Wilson, to me, looked like a guy who, if he had playmakers out there he would have had a big game like he was he was completing passes he was efficient he was moving around he was throwing on the run with accuracy that's that's what Russell Wilson does like if that was DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett out there I think he would have had a big game but instead it was Cortland Sutton who caught the touchdown well then you should have said in the previous topic that Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien have fixed Mac Jones because Mac Jones did better against a tougher team, scored more points, threw more touchdown passes. That performance would be more impressive than what Russell Wilson did at home against one of the worst defenses in the entire league, bro. I The question was, is Mac Jones now good? They're similar questions. I didn't want to phrase them the exact same way. Do you want to write the rundown every week? Coming no, but you were like, well, yeah, you're like, I kind of, you're like, I kind of agree with you on Mac Jones. I'm not going to say like there was some, you know, light bulb went off. Went we've off never went seen Mac. Jo- My point is we've never seen Mac Jones play at a high level for any sustained period of time. We absolutely have with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson being as bad as he was last year was one of the three or four biggest he stories. Got outplayed, he got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to say he got fixed here. When he wasn't even the best quarterback in this game. My antenna's up. My antenna's up on Russ. Give him Judy. Give him Judy, Judy back. Get, get him get him some help. I think Russ might not be done. He might not be done. All right. I lump the next three games together. We'll still do them individually. Okay. But 
the debuts of the highly drafted rookie quarterbacks. So we're going to do Atlanta, Carolina, then Indy, Jacksonville, then Baltimore, Houston. Uh, but we'll talk about more than just the quarterbacks. But in Atlanta, Carolina, I do want to start with it, even though the Falcons won. What were your first impressions of the first overall pick, Bryce Young? Well, I feel sorry for him. I really do. I mean, he did not have much to work with today. His offensive line uh, looked bad in the preseason after a pretty strong year last season. I don't think they did him any favors. Thielen ended up playing, but Chark was out. Their wide receiver wide receiver core is in the running for the worst in the entire league. Um, and then Hayden Hurst. I would have punched him right in the face. It's my first NFL touchdown pass. Yeah, that was you crazy. you throw it into the crowd, you idiot. Well, that's not as bad as when Mike Evans gave away Brady's 600th touchdown Ag- ball. Agreed. But at least in that case, it's he hands it right to the guy in the front row and you can figure out who got the ball. <laughs> yeah. Like this one, who knows if you'll ever hear from the person. And if you do, he, if he's smart, he's going to charge you an arm and a leg. Okay, Spencer says the ball was recovered. I bet it wasn't recovered for free. If that ball was recovered, something happened there to get it. And that was just plain stupid. But no, I was I was Would not you impressed. Give the ball back? Me? Yeah. Um, you know, now that I have a daughter, I probably would ask for money for it. I think I would. I think I would, I think I would push a hard bargain. Right, and like you're you're just like a bad guy publicly, but yeah, I'm used to that. Me, yeah, me too, me too. I say this all the time. I'm like, no, man, you caught something that's worth more to you than it is the player. Yeah, possession Period. is nine tenth of the law. I've got the ball. You don't. Let's hack. But Let's and, and like objectively, Let's people are, people are like, oh, that home run ball or that ball's worth more to the athlete than the fan. No, it isn't. They're multimillionaires. We work in radio. The ball is literally worth more to us than it is to them because whatever Bryce Young's first touchdown ball goes for at auction, that five figures helps us more than it helps him, period. I'm keeping that thing. I'm keeping that thing. But I'll tell you this. So obviously I'm following the Panthers closely because the Bears have their first pick. He threw two interceptions that were basically the exact same play. Like, stared down a read over the middle of the field. Safety uh, doesn't like fall for the fake look off with the eyes, reads him, picks the ball off easily. So he didn't learn from the mistake. He did it twice. But call it body language. I was impressed with Bryce Young. Okay. Like poise. uh, He didn't look too small. You know what I mean? Like he just... The ball, he had plenty of arm strength for like the the sideline out throws. The release is noticeably upper tier percentile. Like he gets the ball out fast. Uh, didn't hang his head after the mistakes. I he has very little to work with. It was his first game. He made a couple of bad throws, but I I actually was pretty impressed. On Atlanta's side, man. So like I drafted Drake London. Uh, in one fantasy league, Bijan was a top pick. Pitts is always a sexy. Pick. They've got all these guys, but when are we going to learn that none of that shit matters if you don't have a good quarterback? They did a straight handoff on third and five. They have no faith in Desmond Ritter to throw the ball. The big play to Pitts was an unbelievable route, like adjustment on an underthrown ball uh, by by Pitts. So to go and get the ball uh, on the bad throw from Ritter. I just, I want to see those three skill position dudes with a real passer of the football. That's why I don't trust them. I don't buy in any of this stuff about them winning the division and getting to 10 wins. I just, I'm not on board with that. I think the quarterback, their own actions tell you that he's not good enough at this level. They're so conservative. They want to run the ball on every play. Um, I think their defense has improved. Bates did have the two interceptions. That was a good signing from Cincinnati. But no, I'm I'm not in on Atlanta in that 18 division. pass attempts for Ritter. 18. Uh Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Game had its moments. Uh what was the story for you? Was it Anthony Richardson or something else? Well, 
Richardson was also better than I thought he was going to be. He wasn't good, but he didn't really make big mistakes until the very end. You know, like he, I thought that it was going to be really ugly and really scattered and like 15 rushing attempts. You know, and I, I, I thought it was going to be the game was too fast. He was running for his life. It was an issue because the whole thing was they're like, no, nah, the dude's, the, he's a crazy talent. He just needs the reps. And so they were playing him early. And I thought that he, he didn't like look the part and that I'm convinced he's going to be great. But he's not going to embarrass himself out there. He's not in like danger of injuring himself because he can't like make a check at the line of scrimmage or identify the blitz. Like he, he looked like a normal rookie quarterback, which is way better than I thought he was going to look when we did the show after the NFL draft. So I thought he carried himself really damn well. His, his interception late was bad. That was a bad throw. But overall, I actually thought that he looked like a normal rookie quarterback. I think the bigger story is Jacksonville. I think they answered the bell today. They overcame a brain-dead play where uh, the ball was on the ground because the uh, running oh, back the thought that it was uh, a dead play, and then Buckner picked it up and ran it in. And so they were able to get over that. The Ridley connection was there instantly between him and Lawrence. That is huge. That is gigantic for this team. He looked they so add, good in the first half. They had him on top of everything else. They have there. Um, I just think that they were on. This was one of those tricky games where you're clearly better than the team you're playing, but you're going on the road. And, uh, you know, you haven't really, you want to play off game last year, but still there's reason for doubts and questions. Uh, and Jacksonville just didn't have the type of game that put any doubt in their own minds. Like, okay, a little bit of adversity. Colts made a few plays. They they were in the game for a while, but you've got the quarterback. Your defense responded late. You had guys step up who are new. I just thought outside of that one, you know, idiotic play, I thought it was a very business-like win for a team that is looked at as by far the, I mean, it, it, it reinforced today. They should run away with that division. It should be over by Thanksgiving, the AFC South. Agreed. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baltimore, Houston, we can get to C.J. Stroud, but J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles in the game. I'm more interested in that. Yeah, it was basically instantly reported as a torn Achilles. Should Baltimore trade for Jonathan Taylor? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think what they need is a straight runner at that position. I I think they've shown that with the... Even with Lamar Jackson and what is a new system, uh, I would not want to take future draft picks and invest them in a running back who's one-dimensional as a runner, who you're then going to have to pay, who's coming off a bad year. So no, I would not do that. I mean, they it was a Pyrrhic victory for them. You lose your center. 
You lose your left tackle. Those could both be long-term injuries. You lose your safety, Marcus Williams. Yeah, that's Lamar a big Jackson one. did not look good in this game. It was a very pedestrian performance by him. They were lucky they got the perfect week one opponent in Houston. But I'm not saying they shouldn't trade for a running back. I just don't think it should be Taylor. The guy that I would want to monitor if I'm them is Barkley. Because if it really is his last year in New York, that's the type of guy who I think could have a McCaffrey effect on their offense. And if Monken is worth a damn, he should be able to integrate a player like that in on the fly. I don't think Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor are worth giving up the draft picks for the effect they're going to have or impact they're going to have on the team. But I think Barkley's skill set would suit them much better than those other guys and could actually make a difference for them in the long run. Well, I would say that every team should trade for Barkley before they should trade for Taylor. And Henry? Yeah. Because it, it's because he's better and it's a dual threat and it's more for the for the modern NFL. You know, so like the reason I mentioned Taylor for them was just because he's kind of similar to Dobbins. He's a better version of Dobbins. And I've been a little surprised by the number of teams who apparently did really make calls. But then the reports on like what the Colts were asking for was so silly. But now Taylor's camp seems to be putting it out there that he's he's going to play week five. That he'll miss the first four games and that he will be ready to play week five. So I think that story is going to loom for a lot of teams uh, at this point. The thing that I thought that Baltimore should feel best about, because you're right, the injuries were terrible. Zay Flowers looked the part. Yep. I that guy that. was slippery. Like he, you know who didn't? Odell Beckham Jr. He did not. He did not. Two catches, right? Yep. Yeah, that was not great. Uh, I will just – one more just like to lump all the quarterbacks together again real quick. 44 pass attempts uh, for C.J. Stroud. And then we already talked about Richardson, who finished with 37 pass attempts. And then you go to Bryce Young in Carolina, who had 38 pass attempts. I love that, man. Like, play them early. Yeah, baptism by fire right there. Yes. Yes. The most valuable thing in the NFL is a good quarterback on a rookie contract. So if you have a big investment in a quarterback on a rookie contract, figure out if he's good as soon as possible. I love that. They're not hiding them. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with any of them. None of those teams are very good. Figure it out. I I just collectively, I loved it uh, on the three guys. Arizona and Washington. Yes, sir. Now, your question here is, are either one of these teams top five pick bad? If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not a fan of what happened in this game today at all. Because I'm going to tell you something that is going to probably surprise you. I think if Kyler Murray comes back sooner rather than later, if they can coach up this defense like they did today, they're not going to, they're not going to win only two or three games. They're going to win a lot more than that. They might win six or seven in the NFC. I don't think that's off the table with Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz played today and Rondell Moore and Connors decent and they'll get their offensive line healthy. Like that's not a, that's not a good team but it'll look a whole lot better in the NFC where there's not a lot of good teams to begin with outside of Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit. And then there's everybody else. So, you know, the fact that they did not get pasted, like remember the Dolphins when they were tanking, I think Baltimore scored 59 points on them in week one a few years ago. That didn't happen. Arizona almost won today against a team that you thought was going to make the playoffs? Well, so the question was actually, did both of the teams that played in this game look like they were going to be top five pick? So my answer with Arizona is no. Yeah. I thought that, I mean, Dobbs lost two fumbles. Washington lost two fumbles. There were interceptions thrown. The broadcast kept talking about how Dobbs did not know the first or last name of multiple players in the huddle on Arizona because he'd been there. So, so I don't believe that the guy's a rocket scientist and has the highest tested IQ of any player in the NFL. I bet he looked at that paid that roster for five minutes and knew everybody's name and number. Yeah. Well, they couldn't stop talking about it. 
Well, you got like the F team for this game on Fox today, so that doesn't exactly surprise me. Yeah, they could not exactly Summerall and Madden calling this game. No. Well, and then did you see Sam Howell's fumble six? I did. Cam Thomas. Very careless. Just it was just it was a very you didn't take your own, you broke your own rule on him. You said preseason doesn't matter, and you watched Howell make throws in the preseason. You said, I'm in on this guy. Okay, yes, accurate. But I didn't lay the points. I didn't do the public teaser leg, even though that covered. But I did have them pretty heavy in Survivor Pool, and they won. Survived in advance, and I'll never have to use Washington again. But I advanced with a bad team. So, hey, I can't, I can't get that mad about it. Congratulations on all your success, Danny. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Ryan Tannehill might have had the single worst game of any player in the NFL today. He was horrifyingly bad. 16 of 34, 198 yards, a lot of that in garbage time, a passer rating of 28.8, lowest it can be, three interceptions, dropping his eyes, terrified by the pass rush, overthrowing guys on wide open schemed touchdown balls. They've got Malik Willis. They have, uh, who was the backup quarterback today? Do we know? Was it Willis or was it Levis? I think it was Willis, but I don't know that for sure. But I, I was operating under the belief that Ryan Tannehill was going to play a dozen or more games. I wasn't this year. Whew. Dude, tick, 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 tick. I mean, if he has one more game like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in the towel. That was unbelievably bad they, today. They they should. They, they should be on a fact-finding mission to see what they have behind him. And see, this is, I think, one of those situations where you have a coach who is from the Belichick school who will wants to do whatever it whatever he can, whatever it takes to get eight or nine wins. And I think that's short-sighted. You've got a new GM there. The new GM has to be cognizant of the bigger picture. Okay. I know Vrabel's got a lot of juice in that organization, but he should dictate to him. We know that Tannehill has no future with this organization. This is a dead end. We're not going anywhere this year. Okay. We've got to, we've got to let the young quarterbacks play. You're not in any danger of getting fired. If you don't like that, you know, you're, you're free to go coach another team if you want. But the, the Tannehill Titans, like mission to mediocrity every year, where it's like, let's see if we can win the ugliest games possible to get us to nine or 10 wins. I, I, I hope they got a reality check today on that because New Orleans didn't play a perfect game. You still lost. Your quarterback sucked. Be done with it. Move on from the guy. It's over. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I just don't think NFL teams are wired that way, and I certainly know that Mike Vrabel. Well, the Cardinals seem to be. Right. Yeah, that, but they, they don't think that they can win their division. The Titans think they can win their division. That's the difference. Well, have they compared their quarterback to the guy in Jacksonville? Because if I were the GM... I would have my eyes right there. I agree with you. But they think that they've, I mean, they've proven that they can be competitive, much to our chagrin, because we hate watching them in the AFC. But they overachieve year in and year out. And by the way, shout out to Mike Vrabel, down 16 to 12 late in the fourth quarter, kicking a relatively short field goal to go down 16 to 15. I saw cover. That to cover for your gambling public. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Also, uh are we going to are we going to have an issue? I know that I know that uh both of us are not friends per se, but we're both friendly with Ross Tucker. And Ross Tucker said in this game that Taysom Hill is one of the greatest football players ever. And Nick Wright, our buddy, just absolutely roasted him for it. Did not even like subtweeted him. Did not put his name in there. I'm sure it'll get back to Ross. And now I'm hoping that there's like a brewing sports media rivalry between both of those guys. Because Ross is very smart. He went to Princeton. And we know all about Nick. And I think there's the PS. 
And I think there's the potential for both of them to be incredibly snarky and take low blows at each other over this thing in the next few days. And I'm hoping for that. I'm, yeah, that I'm would make me very hoping happy. for it. That would make me very happy. I and heard just for the comment. record, I side with Nick on this one. I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on, Ross. Yeah. Uh, I know what Ross meant in the sense of like pure football player, the ability to do multiple things in the NFL, right? Like Pat Mahomes could not play tight end in the NFL, but right. So like, I, I know what Ross Tucker meant. Well, what is he going to say when he does a Colorado football game this year? Is he going to say that that kid is better than Tom Brady? Right. Exactly. No, I know it's, he's wrong. He was he was very excited. I texted Ross, "Congrats on having on your debut in the booth in the NFL on TV." Did he get back to you? He did after like after the game. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal. The guy's worked his way up from calling high school football and then a ton of radio games to being in the NFL on TV. He's an excited. Yeah, he didn't need in his debut to have one of the most prominent media personalities <laughs> absolutely rake him over the coals, but. The, the comment was so out of pocket that he probably did indeed deserve well, it. Well, and it didn't do him any favors that it happened when, uh, like, Red Zone went to him with audio. You know, that that's what hurt him. I was wondering about that because I, I, I saw Nick's tweet and I'm like, he's watching Saints-Titans with audio right now? No, it was, it was Red what Zone What a degenerate. It was, okay. red, it was Red Zone audio. That, well, you know did, I don't that, watch Red Zone. That did our – I know you don't. That did our buddy Ross no favors. Now, you um, buried this next game, you son of a bitch. This game should have been much higher because it's an I told you so game for me. Rams and Seahawks. <laughs> what happened to your boy Geno Smith, dude? Uh, dude, what happened to the entire Seahawks offense? That One of the five craziest things of the day. This score. 30-13 to 13 Rams with no Cooper Cup. The Seahawks pass defense looked like it was a JV high school team. No Witherspoon. No, I I understand that. But guys that people have never heard of were just running free. 100%. All day. And then listen listen to these numbers. Two to one, time of possession, Rams to Seahawks. 426 yards to 180 total yards, Rams to Seahawks. 334 passing to 95. 27 first downs to 13 first downs. At one point in the second half, the Rams had 15 first downs and the Seahawks had one in the half. Dude, DK Metcalf roasted that guy for that touchdown. I have no idea what happened to the Seattle offense. I I have no answer to my own question. Well, I think it's a coaching thing. I mean, Shane Waldron is a disciple of McVay. He had all offseason to prepare for this game. I think he kind of knew it was coming. I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, the gamesmanship of it, you know, did Seattle do too much, you know, to combat that? Maybe they didn't do enough and they tipped off their plays with formations and things. I think all that is possible. Um, You know, I backed off my support of the Rams when the cup thing happened. I shouldn't have. I picked them to make the playoffs. I know it's just week one. The BYU receiver is going to be the hottest name on the fantasy football uh, waiver wire pickups this week. I just have never, I just never bought the idea that McVeigh, because he forded with 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 broadcast TV and leaving the profession, that once he decided to get back into it this year and recommit himself, that he was going to be a shitty coach and this team was going to suck. Uh, did not see a 17-point win on the road coming in Seattle, but I picked the Rams ahead of the Seahawks before the season started, and now I feel very good about that. And Stafford looked good. Stafford looked very good in this game without his weapons and with an offensive line. They ran the ball. Williams and uh, Akers combined for three touchdowns. Yeah, not not they ran the ball like effectively, but not well. They averaged two yards an attempt or three yards a carry. Oh, I know, but they stayed with it is what I mean. I mean, they, they kept it in yes. the bag. Well, no, no, they, they, they ran for volume. They churned the clock. They picked up on short yardage. They picked up touchdowns, but they, they, they were not a good running team. Uh, neither was Tampa. Tampa was a terrible running team last year. They were a terrible running team today. 
But the, the Baker Mayfield beat the Vikings. Seahawks and Vikings were the two big losers for people in Survivor Pool in uh, in week one. Is the Vikings regression going to be even worse than we expected it to be? Uh, I would say... I it's would a bad say loss, no. man. This is a bad loss. Well, yeah, and you remember I was I, I put the Vikings on upset alert on Thursday. I liked I I feel like Tampa has ingredients to be a good team. I really do. I think that their defense still has star players. Their coach is a defense. Vea looked awesome today. Yeah, and and but but here's the thing about it. If you look at the stats from Minnesota, you would think they scored 27 points in this game and not 17. Yep. Cousins threw for a bunch of yards. Addison caught a touchdown. Jefferson thing was weird. He only got the ball, I think, twice in the second half. That's inexcusable for that to ever happen. I don't care who Tampa Bay is out there at corner and how many guys are on him. That's just uh, – that should never, ever, ever happen. Especially with um, 12 targets, nine catches for 150 yeah. yards. I mean, they were 11-0 in close games last year, and they lose the first one out of the box. That's the way football works the following season. Uh, I still think Minnesota can win eight or nine games, but that's the ceiling for them. And I do think, I'll say this again, I see no reason why Tampa can't be better than Carolina and Atlanta. And maybe even, I think, I I almost pulled the trigger on it before today and then I didn't because I've had a horrible day. But I thought at 9-1 to one to win that division, they were value. Because there really should be no huge favorite or no huge underdog in that division. Yeah, I uh, I already bet the over at 43 and a half for Bears and Bucks next week. Even though Tampa can't run and the Bears run D is terrible, I just think the Bears D is terrible in general. I think both I think Tampa's better than people thought, myself included, and the Bears defense is so bad, they're going to be an over team and the fact that Minnesota was able to do what they did against Tampa, I think that uh, those will be it's not going to be as bad uh, as it was possible uh, or as, as predicted. But Minnesota's going to crash down to earth. I think the Lions are going to run away with the NFC North. I, I know Green Bay destroyed the Bears today, but I think the Bears made it very easy on them. I think I think what you said about the the uh, Jaguars in the AFC South is going to be the Lions this year in the NFC and North. I, and I had that one wrong. I, I did not have Detroit as a runaway winner in that division. And I thought I – th- I, I still want to think Chicago should be far more competitive, but you've successfully talked me out of it. It was a pathetic showing today, man. It's 40 to 0 Dallas, by the way. We made the right call. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Do us a favor. Tell a friend. We do every team, every game, every week. Subscribe, rate, review. First and pod. Peace. <laughs>